0: You're listening to a podcast from Reality Honolulu. For more information or ways to get involved in the life of the church, visit RealityHonolulu.com. Thanks for listening. Aloha and good morning, church. So thankful that you would join us here this morning, or if you are catching this later and watching it at another time, we're just really glad that you would join us for uh, House Church at Reality Honolulu. Um, we pray that this time uh, with us this morning, this time of worship and prayer and time in God's Word, uh, is blessing you and you are encountering Christ in it. Uh, during this season, right, coming out of quarantine... And as we move forward, until we all gather in person, we are in this interim transitional time of house churches here. And uh, we are encouraging you, we have been for about the last month or so, as you feel comfortable to invite some friends over, some people that you haven't seen from church in a while, um, to do church together in in a safe way. And we really believe that Uh, together in this home setting is that God wants to meet you in there. He wants to develop maybe new relationships uh, or foster existing ones. And uh, together in this home setting, as you're watching this or engaging in worship and prayer uh, and studying God's word, We, we hope that you are, or we hope that you will next week, but to really participate and engage in it and we see this season as something that God has led us into and just desires to meet us in. Even though we're not back uh, yet to an all-person, in-person gathering, uh, that this is a way in which God wants to meet us and deepen uh, new and existing relationships. So hope you're doing that right now, or hope you will next week. Also, for uh, our parents or our Keiki that are watching, we want to remind you that Auntie Des, right, our kids' church minister, along with others from our awesome kids' church team, are actually filming and putting together weekly Bible studies, interactive worship, and other resources for you. Uh, They're not doing it for anyone else. It's for our families and Keiki at our church, and they're doing an incredible job, and we want to make sure that you don't miss out on seeing all of that. Uh, you can find all of it on our resource page on our website, realityhonolulu.com, uh, as well as on our Kids Church specific YouTube channel, which the kids team has also put together uh, that can be linked, uh, that you can find that link on the resource page on the website. So I want to make sure you're engaging in House Church and taking full advantage of all the resources that we're trying to uh, kind of put together to come alongside you and to um, shepherd and care and love and push you towards Jesus uh, and equip you this season. Um, But without further ado, we're going to continue in our study in the book of Acts. And so please turn with me this morning to Acts 8, verses 9 through 25. Uh, Acts 8, 9 through 25 is our text for today. And I'll be reading out of the NIV translation as always. uh, Please join me as we read the Word of God this morning. Acts 8, 9 through 25 says this. As he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized, and he followed Philip everywhere. Astonished by these great signs and miracles he saw, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers that they might receive the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. they had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit, verse 18. When Simon saw the Spirit, he was give, uh, was, when Simon saw the Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money. And he said, Give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter answered, May your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. Repent at this wickedness and pray to the Lord in the hope that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart for i see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin then simon answered pray to the lord for me so that nothing you have said may happen to me after that excuse me after they had further proclaimed the word of the lord and testified about jesus peter and john returned to jerusalem Preaching the gospel in many Samaritan villages. This is the word of the Lord. Why don't you pray with me? Lord, would you show yourself to us today? Would you teach us? Would you allow us to learn? We want to be shaped by you, God. God, would you expose where we ourselves are seeking other things than yourself for ill gain? God, allow our hearts to be right before you. Correct us show us, encourage us, love us, do what you do best. Be our God. Speak to us and lead us today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, When I read this text this past week, uh, as I was taking time to study it, um, I was reminded of my kids. Some of you um, may know that uh, I have two kids, Eva She's a girl, seven, and Liam, a boy, four years old, and um, I know it may be strange when it comes to this text with sorcery and all that's going on here that this reminds me of them, but this is why. Um, I have these awesome kids, and they're amazing, and like so many of your kids, they like a lot of different things. They're adventurous, they like to go in the water, they like to hike, but they also um, like gifts, like Both of them, the way to their heart, are gifts. Presents, toys, things they're into, snuggly things, whatever it is. For Liam, just a single 99 cent Hot Wheels will pretty much fix any problem in his life right now. Uh, For Eva, she's a bit more particular and likes the more nuanced, expensive things and her interests change often, Uh, but nonetheless, A new toy, right, or something she's into, or he's into, makes them so happy. And my mom, maybe even watching right now, love you mom, uh, their grandma, she's a giver. And she she would give the shirt off her back to you. And when it comes to her grandkids, right, we all know the love of a grandparent for their kids. Um, She she loves spoiling my kids, uh, her grandkids. But what's happened is that my kids now, when, when Grammy, they call her, is talked about or when they talk to her before really like the pleasantries of, hi, Grammy, how you doing? They jump into, do you have a toy or is she going to give me a present um, before like the proper hello or or care for her. And obviously, in a lot of ways, it's actually pretty cute and special, this relationship that they have with their grandma. Um, but I constantly have to remind them that, that, that Grammy is far more important than anything she can give them. Uh, to love her first and uh, for her to love them and the gift she gives is just a bonus and a show of her love. And the reason why I was reminded of this uh, when I read our text is something very similar but on a more serious note is happening and so let me walk through it and, and you'll see. Um, You see here in our text this morning, Philip, which was one of the key servants and leaders in the church, he's preaching the gospel in Samaria Um, and the kingdom of God is being manifest. We talked a lot about that last week and there is great joy. There's great joy in the city because the kingdom of God is at hand and people are getting saved and um, they're experiencing the presence and the power of God. Amazing things are happening. And then we get introduced today to a new character by the name of Simon. And from the description we get here, it seems as if he was wrapped up in some pretty dark spiritual practices and he labored as a sorcerer and with dark arts was performing most likely these satanic signs and wonders. And it says many in the city were in awe and a lot of attention and fame and status was being ascribed to him by kind of the woo factor of the crowds. And many actually thought that he was doing this from God. And so what happened was, we read in our text today, himself, Simon, as well as many others, they get saved, right? Philip is preaching this good news. They believe they're saved. And the attention has now shifted off this false display. And rather, it's been put on God. And people are amazed and they're in awe of the love and power of God being displayed in healings and casting out of unclean spirits and all these other wonderful things and amazing things that are happening in this city in Samaria. So much so um, that Simon, who had been wired to live in these signs and wonders and the attention it gave him, Right, He lived a life of kind of attention and performing all these kind of evil signs and wonders. And he was so wrapped up with that still, post being saved here, that what happened with Simon is he began to draw his attention to all the things and the signs the apostles could do because of God, right? Even though he's saved and even though he's, you know, surrendered his heart to the Lord, what we see here is that. Once again, there's this, this illusion, there's this excitement, there's this draw to the miracles of God. and Specifically in our text today, it says, you know, he was drawn to the ability that the apostles had to pray for the Holy Spirit to empower believers. He was enamored with the gifts of God. And he was enamored so much so that he actually went to Peter and John and he offered to pay them in, an, in order to obtain these things. How do I get that sign? How do I get that ability? How do I get that power? I'll pay you for it. And the point being is that Simon began to see the gifts of God as more important than God himself. I believe that that is kind of at the core root problem here of what we see in Acts chapter 8. See, Simon had missed the understanding that the good news of Jesus is the good news of Jesus, that God is the gospel that it's him and it's his presence, it's his love and it's himself that we ought to desire most. And all that comes from him is a bonus. It's extra. It's a reflection of his love. Simon was so affixed to the things that God could give him that he failed to remember that the purpose, that his true desire should just be in the person of God himself. And for the apostles, by the discernment of the Holy Spirit, this was an opportunity to address a heart issue that Simon was dealing with. See, Simon was missing the point, and in verse 21, they said, we see that your heart is not right. And they go in to correct him, and they, and they ask him to repent for this kind of distorted thinking so that God would forgive him. And before we... Um, you know, kind of do some application here and some heart checking of our own, I want to point out that I'm purposely not getting into some things in our text today because I'm going to tackle those next week, specifically in the manner in which the Holy Spirit comes here. Because it's, it's really different than what we see in other places in the New Testament, and I want to give more ample time to unpack it. And so this is kind of a part one section of the rest of 8 through 25 uh, for next week. But anyway, that's just kind of a side note there. But back to the text. So kind of as, as I unpack what's happening, do you see now why what Simon is doing with the gifts of God is very similar to what my own kids do? They're so enamored. They're so wrapped up with what they can get from a person that they fail, but the person is the most important. Uh, And whether we're aware of it or not, when it comes to us and God, we may find ourselves seeking after what we can get from God or what God might do for us in our relationship with God uh, over God himself. And we might even go as far to say our relationship with God, plainly put, is a means to an end. Again, we might not say that that way and that might be abrupt for us to hear but this type of thing can happen in in many subtle ways for all of us Um, right as I look back at my own life for me it started when I got saved right when there was that moment where I heard about Jesus and I gave my life to him for me it was actually to escape something that would be like hell and to get heaven um, I, I didn't get saved because of the person of Jesus, so to speak. Yes, it was his work on, his cr- on the cross. Yes, my sins were forgiven. Um, but, but it was more about what I could get from him. And I gave my life to get something or to escape something else. And is that entirely bad? No. But I do believe it's incomplete. And I was fully missing the point for sure. We've, I think we can fall into this same trap as well uh, a lot when we pray, right? For us, prayer is a lot of times coming to God with a list of requests to get things from Him. And that's why, uh, you know, when we, we give our requests to God, when we give Him our list, and when we're done asking, what happens? We say, amen, which means let it be. God, Hi, I don't even know if I said hi. Here's my list of what I want or what I want for others. Bye. Let it be by. Um, is that entirely bad? No. Please keep doing that because even God says himself, God tells us to ask him things. He desires and he wants us to, but is praying like that complete? No. I think that's part of it. I don't think that's a complete view of it. Again, prayer is to be communion and fellowship with our God. And I think we've lost a lot of practices in prayer of uh, listening or silence or solitude or just waiting. We see this even in a corporate prayer meeting, uh, whether that was Sunday mornings at a Leolani or Tuesday nights now in our Zoom meetings, We get so uncomfortable when there's a moment of pause or no one's praying because we feel like, well, we just have to stack the prayer meeting with a list of requests. And I think we fail to remember, well, we're coming before God in prayer and maybe He wants to speak to us. Are we pausing and listening? Are we remembering who this is all about or are we rather just coming coming to Him to get something from Him? But again, when we see a text like this, right, in Acts 8, where a follower of Jesus, Simon, yes, I know his lifestyle before Jesus, yes, I know he had issues now, but we're, he's a follower of Jesus now. And we see a follower of Jesus confronted with subtle and overt heart issues, right, that, that are distorting the view and the relationship between them and God to the point where repentance is needed and a new way of viewing God is needed. When we see that in Scripture like we do today, like we do this morning, it would only be right that as followers of Jesus, right, we too would pause and we would assess our own hearts when it comes to our view of God. Um, I would say this would be a perfect time for what I call a heart check. Right there's times, there's times, like right now, to allow the Word of God and the Spirit of God to illuminate, illuminate any areas where we too may be approaching God in an impure or a disingenuous way. And these heart checks or these tests like this, should cause, these texts, excuse me, like this, should cause us to pause and to ask God, God, search my heart. Show me if like Simon, I'm seeking what I can get from you or, or, or what I can get because of you rather than purely just trying to know you, to love you. Um, as the apostles said to Simon, I want to encourage us to ask God, is my heart not right before you in any way? Because, right, that's the, the apostles' kind of discernment when they're addressing kind of Simon's questions. They said, your, your heart's not right before God right now in the way in which you're asking. There's something off. And I would want to encourage us to ask God the same thing this morning. God is in my own heart, in your own heart. Ask, ask God. God, is, is there anything in my heart that's not right before you? And why I think it's, this is important to do more than just ask yourself and do your own assessment. I think that's important. But I think why it's important that we ask God to search our hearts is because what we know from the prophet Jeremiah. right? In Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10, It says, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things, and it's desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. See, God ultimately knows where we're at. And us asking, right, that's hard because maybe we don't want to know the answer. It's hard, but it's so needed to do a proper heart check or proper assessment of like the internal workings and where our heart is at in relation to our God. And so I want to encourage you to dwell on this and think about it. Um, But also, right, during worship right now uh, or maybe afterwards in your house church in that living room before you leave or in your personal time this week, or I want to encourage our Ohana groups to do this. But to spend time asking God to search our hearts, to reveal to us, like you did Simon, if there is any wicked way in us when it comes to our relationship with our God. Right? To ask God to check our motives and our intentions when we're asking Him things. Right, to ask God to make our relationship with Him pure and genuine and lacking any sort of distortion or wicked way. And church, Reality Ohana, as we continue in this really difficult and trying season in our world and in our church and in our community and uh, with all that's going on, I want to continue to call us that we would always endeavor to be a church that is open to God speaking to us and that we'd be willing to, be grow, to, to grow and be transformed into his image um, when he points out errors in our ways. Um, I'm so thankful that our Heavenly Father is perfect and he knows what he's doing and he knows what's best for us. And so church, let's ask, let's listen and let's obey the voice of what our shepherd says. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that it guides us and directs us. And it also illuminates things that we do need to ask you. And Holy Spirit, we are asking that you would illuminate anything in our own hearts that is hindering or distorting or wicked when it comes to our relationship with you. Lord, I do pray that you would search our hearts and maybe correct us where we need to in relation to what we think of you. That it would be more relational, there'd be more care, there'd be more love and communion and oneness, and it would be less about what I can get from my God rather than just sitting and knowing you and being known by you. And everything else, the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit and uh, miracles and signs and wonders, everything else would be a bonus. Would be showing your love, but we would not get wrapped up or make those things the main thing. But that our eyes would be fixed upon you, would be grounded uh, upon who you are and what you've done for us. And so, God, we want to worship you now in our homes. We ask you to fill our homes with your presence and that you'd be exalted. And as we take communion in our homes, we ask that we would remember the cross, remember the sacrifice of your son upon the cross for us. We love you, Lord. Make us more like you. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.